Bonjour, bonjour, and welcome to another episode of Everyone Hates Marketer.com, the marketing podcast for marketers, founders, and tech people who are just sick of shady, aggressive marketing. I'm your host, Louis Bernier. Um, today is a very, not a very, but a rather special episode because I'm not interviewing someone, I'm answering your questions, uh, questions that you've uh, submitted a few weeks ago when I asked you if you had any questions that I could answer, and also questions I received over the last few months uh, via emails or LinkedIn, Twitter. So I tried to compile, compile them a bit uh, in two parts. So this episode is about questions you ask about everyone I hate marketers and myself, And the second episode, uh, one week uh, after this one, is going to be about marketing, questions you have around marketing. So let's get started straight away, shall we? So first question from Michael. And he asked, when I signed up to your newsletter, it was because you said you'd share what your numbers look like. Maybe it's me, but I have no idea what those numbers are uh, on number of listeners, etc. So yeah, Michael, you're absolutely right. And I, I don't really do a good job at at informing you about the numbers. I don't have a lot of time to send a lot of detailed email every week. So I usually resort to just sending um, information about the episodes. Uh, so let, give, let me give you an update on the, on the stats and numbers. So I'm recording this episode on the 13th of July. So, so far since the beginning of the podcast, which was, which started on in April of last year, April, 2017, um, I got 88,156 downloads. So that comes from iTunes, from uh, the website, from any other podcast app. And uh, in addition to that, 2,521 Spotify listens. So they are counted differently uh, for some um, for some reason. So uh, in total, that's 90,677 uh, downloads. Um, So yeah, nearly 100,000, which is fucking amazing. Um, I never thought that this day would happen, but it is going to happen. Um, so that's the, the first stat I can share. The second one are the top 10 countries. So I shared that a few months ago, but more than happy to reshare. Uh, I don't think that it has moved that much. So in terms of top 10 countries, uh, the United States are number one by far, followed by the UK, followed by Australia, Canada. France, uh, which is quite fun, uh, Ireland, Germany, the Netherlands, New Zealand, and then Spain. So those are the top 10. Um, in terms of the top five episodes, so the episodes that have been downloaded the most, the first one is Seth Godin. Second one is DHH from Basecamp. Third one is Mark Ritson, uh, who talked about uh, branding and marketing bullshit. Um, so that's already the, the third most popular. And I... I I suspect that it's going to rise to number two soon enough. Um, number four is Sean D'Souza with the Brain Audit. Uh, the title of the episode is uh, How to Convince People to Buy Without Being Pushy. And finally, number five is uh, the episode with Dave Baker on how to start a marketing agency. I would absolutely recommend you to listen to those five if you haven't uh, already. Now, in terms of weekly downloads, weekly episodes, Um, back in November of 2017, uh, we had around 1,200 downloads a week in total, right? So all the episodes combined, uh, 1,200 a week. And nowadays it's around 1,800. So yeah, plus 600 
um, in a few months. So yeah, more than 50% increase, um, which is quite nice. And then in terms of email subscribers, uh, I had around 800 in November and now it's uh, 980. So nearly 1000. Um, but it's pretty clear that you might be surprised by those numbers. You might think that it's a lot. You might think that it's not that much actually, um, because of the, all those, those experts that are on the show and all of that. But I think what, one thing to, to remember is that I don't do that full time whatsoever. I spent around an hour a week on the podcast and, um, the growth is coming from word of mouth. I don't do anything else bar posting an episode every week. So it's still growing, which is amazing, but I'm really relying on my guest to spread the world and I'm relying on you as well to spread the world. So that was the first question. A second question. Uh, I'm always happy to hear about your plans for the future and whether you have any big ideas. So that's from Emil. Um, and the second one was very, very similar from Cassandra. Do you have plans to do anything more with everyone hates marketers, like creating revenue, extending the brand, etc.? So I consider this project to be a marathon and not a sprint. Um, this is the first side project I've been able to keep doing for more than a few weeks. And what I'm really focus focusing on right now is to be able to deliver one episode every week. As I mentioned, I do have a, a full-time job that takes a long time. That takes a lot of time. That is my number one focus. And therefore I cannot spend time on anything else but that right now or else I'm gonna burn out. So the way I treat it is that it's kind of my personal MBA to learn uh, as much as I can from uh, marketing experts. So I would almost every week talk to, to someone I admire and therefore I get uh, a lot of insight from them, uh, a lot of interesting learnings and that contributes to my career as a marketer. Also helps me build a network. I've made many friends from this podcast, a lot of uh, listeners, as well as people I've interviewed. Uh, and it's also helping me to build credibility, which is something I'm going to mention a, a bit in the next few, uh, in the next few questions. So yeah, I, overall, it's super helpful to, in my job and career already. And yes, I could, I could spend time, uh, to get sponsors. I could spend time doing all of that, but at the minute i rather focus on the process of delivering one episode every week uh, because i simply do not have time to do more than this and what matters to me the most is to 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 run this project for as long as possible without burning out without feeling sick of it and this is more valuable to me than trying to squeeze a quick buck um you might have noticed a light rebranding recently so i the first logo uh, was designed by myself uh, on canva uh, but I've asked a friend of mine based in Venezuela to, to update the brand a bit. So the logo is, uh, is, uh, is different now, same vibe, but, uh, much more professional. And there is a f maybe a few changes on the website going forward, but nothing crazy, nothing that will take me, uh, too long. So yeah, so far in short term, the next one, two, three, four, five years, I don't uh, I don't think I will be doing more than the podcast. Uh, we never know, but for now, uh, this is my number one focus is, uh, is my career and my job. That's a question from Annabelle. How do you organize your work and your daily schedule? Um, so in my day-to-day -day work, uh, we work in sprints, uh, weekly sprints. So that means that we, we, we build, um, we build our week based on the number of stuff we can accomplish uh, during this, uh, this week. And, we split tasks uh, in small chunks so we can achieve them. 
uh, and move fast. Um, and we ask ourselves, what is the number one thing uh, that needs to be done that matters? So that's really uh, what I do. Um, every Friday, I would actually go through uh, my, my task for the next week. And that has been super valuable to me. So instead of trying to figure out what I need to do today and going to work and, uh, and wondering what I need to focus on, it's much easier to have a plan for the week that is already ready, especially on the Monday morning. So you can hit the grounds running uh, almost uh, straight away. Um, the other thing we have is um, a one page V2 mom, it's called. So it's an ugly acronym that stands for uh, vision, values, methods, obstacle and measures. Uh, this is just a way to, to have a one pager to, to understand what are the key projects, the key things that we need to accomplish as a team? So we, we focus on that to understand what is the one thing that we need to do. Um, we use Asana as a project management uh, software. Um, and the way I like to work is that in the mornings, I set up my time to do some thinking, to do some proper work. Uh, while in afternoons I tend to have calls and uh, uh, and like project updates and all that, so I do value my time in the morning. I'd like to wake up quite early, so I would wake up at quarter to seven every day, and I would go to work around eight a.m. So from usually eight a.m. to around noon, I'm super productive. I feel I'm doing a lot, and then in the afternoons I spend time doing some uh, speaking with the team, updates, and all of that. Um, another question from Cassandra. What's something you wish you had known when you started this podcast? Um, I think I wish I'd known that I was a good interviewer before I started this podcast. Uh, and I wish I had started this uh, years ago. Um, because you can't really buy credibility and you need to understand your strengths better. So I, I didn't know until I started that this is something that I was enjoying very much. And a few years ago, when I started my consulting business that failed because I burned out and I had no credibility, I, I think I should have started the other way around. I probably should have started with a sort of a, a podcast or YouTube channel interviewing people who were much, much smarter than me, instead of trying to get into consulting and uh, trying to get clients to pay me, uh, even if they didn't know me. So that's kind of the, the big thing. The big thing is, is that I wish I had known. Um, that it's actually something I enjoy. It's actually something that I'm, that I'm good at as well. And you seem to enjoy as well. So another question from Goche, uh, what would you suggest to someone thinking about starting podcasting? What are the steps? What is the most important, but overlooked? What are the lessons learned from you? So, uh, as I, as I just said, I think if you have no network or credibility in the space that you want to start a podcast, whatever it is, I would say interview people or associate yourself with others. So it's incredibly difficult to start a podcast, let's say a podcast where you talk about your, your work and trying to teach people lessons about this is what I've learned. Those are the, those are the key, um, the key things I'm learning, et cetera, et cetera, uh, or trying to act as a thought leader. So it's incredibly difficult to, to, to have any traction when you do that because you have no credibility originally. So, you know, and, and usually no network. And therefore what you tend to do is you would, um, yeah, you would record a few episodes, you would publish them and then, and then you will have no traction and then you stop. So 
I think that's probably the, the biggest thing. If you're looking to start a podcast, please, if you have no network or, or very little credibility, try to associate yourself with others. Don't do that on your own. Um, another thing I've learned is to stick to a schedule. So absolutely from day number one, I decided that this podcast would be uh, weekly and that there will be an episode every Tuesday. And this is important to build trust. This is important to build habits. Uh, a few people have mentioned that they are looking forward to uh, a new episode every every Tuesday at the same time. So you to build habits, you need to stick to a schedule. I've seen a few podcasts around where where, the, where podcasters would post an episode whenever they feel like it. And I, I really don't think that's the right approach. Uh, it definitely goes against um, the typical behavior uh, from people. Uh, another thing is to get a good microphone from day one. So I remember my first microphone was a Blue Yeti, which was good enough to be honest, but now I have a, a, a better uh, professional one and that makes a difference. That definitely makes a difference um, in terms of the quality of audio. Uh, the other thing for the, the quality of audio is uh, I would recommend to listen uh, to, to record your episodes in a room that is properly isolated and insulated from, from noise. Uh, an, an easy way to do that is to, pay, to put paintings on the walls, to add chairs, to add a lot of things so that the, no, the sound can uh, stop and, uh, when it travels instead of bouncing back the walls. It, also, that makes a big difference. Another thing is, I know you're probably listening to other podcasts uh, that are super well produced. I don't know. I can't think of any right now on the top of my head, but I know that a lot of them are like super well produced where they have good music. Uh, a narrator that would say, this is what we talk about. Things are cut very well. It fits into like, let's say 30 minutes and all. I think if you stand, if you start to do that from day one, if you have no expertise in, in, uh, audio editing, you're gonna, you're gonna burn out. You're not going to be able to keep up your, your schedule, especially if you don't have money to spend in someone to do audio editing for you. So what I would recommend there is to not overproduce it and to be willing to to have something that is not perfect because people make mistakes when they speak. I do all the time. And yet uh, I don't cut anything out of every episode. So it's a habit to take and it's, it's about shipping rather than making it perfect. Uh, and the last one that I would suggest if you're starting is to build a backlog. So instead of trying to, let's say you stick to once every week, if you don't have at least five or six episodes in the backlog that you can schedule in advance, then it's unlikely that you're going to be able to keep it up because there will be time where you have no energy to record new episodes. There will be a time where you're on holidays for two or three weeks. There will be a time where like it's Christmas time or it's uh, another holiday or something happened to you and you can't do it. So this is kind of the, the biggest, the, the, the thing I'm the proudest of, I would say, is that I always have a backlog of at least 10 episodes. And because I have a very demanding job, uh, when I need to spend more time in the evenings to work on, uh, on my job and, and all of that, I can, because I know I have a backlog. So that's kind of what I've learned. That's what I would suggest people if you're getting started in terms of podcasting. Another question from Christina. So Christina is a, is a, is a friend of mine. She, she listened to the podcast. She also invited me to hers. So Christina Ciporici and the CEO library podcast. So her question is, how do you do with, how do you deal with, uh, digital information overload? Uh, 
that's an excellent question. So I'm very deliberate in the way I receive information. Um, so I block my Facebook feed. I almost deleted my Facebook, but I, because I work in Ireland and my family is in, in, in France, I, I keep it to, to get in touch with them. I also have an extension on Google Chrome to block websites that I don't want to go to when I'm trying to focus. Uh, I think it's called block site. I, when I need to read about a topic or to learn about a topic, I, I, I tend to read books about it and uh, to select uh, selected books, but I also find myself to actually listen back or read, uh, the transcript of previous episodes, uh, because, um, because I'm learning so much from listening that this is what I, uh, what I tend to focus on. So my, my knowledge in marketing nearly comes from conversations I have with guests and from doing stuff every day, like the, my personal project, which is a podcast, but also my day to day career. So I actually tend not to listen to other podcasts, especially, especially marketing. Um, and I also don't really read a lot of other blogs. Uh, which might sound surprising, but I think it's to keep your sanity. It's important to, to really select the amount of information you receive or else you're going to feel, you're going to burn out. You're going to constantly feel like people are ahead of you constantly think that you're missing out or something else. So if you focus on marketing foundations, which is something I'll talk about in the next Q and A session about marketing, I, I don't think you need to be exposed to that much, uh, information every day. Uh, Andrew, who's one of my colleagues, actually, uh, what has been your biggest aha moment when interviewing all your guests that really got you thinking about your approach to marketing? Um, I think the number one, one thing is that they all talk about the same thing to start with. Like it's, it's funny because every single time we go through these step-by-step methods where I ask them, you know, how do you do that step-by-step, whatever it is, 90% of the time, they all talk about understanding people. What matters the most is that you understand people. You understand what they like, what they want, why they want it, who they are. And that's the basis of marketing. So it, it's funny that every single one of them almost are mentioning this as their first step. That's what I've learned. Uh, and therefore my approach to marketing has really changed based on that because I, this is kind of marketing 101. If you're not able to understand people, uh, correctly, then, then it's, it's not going to be good. Andra was one of my uh, friends as well, uh, that I made on the, on the podcast and she has a podcast as well, um, which is called how do you know? So Andra Zaharia, you should check it out, uh, about decision-making. Um, so she's asking, what is one question you wish people ask you more often? Um, I think the question should be, I wish people were asking me more, can you help me? Uh, and the reason why I say that is not because I'm trying to sell anything, but because I think being open and vulnerable to others is, is the only way you can really succeed. Uh, if you're trying to act as someone who's tough and who knows everything, then it's unlikely that you'll make strong connection with others. So I think asking the question, can you help me? Um, I'm struggling with this is, is probably the question that I wish more people were, uh, were asking, not necessarily to me, but to their colleagues and to their friends in general. Prashant, a question from Prashant, who's, a, who's a, a listener to the podcast as well. So what inspired you to start this podcast? Um, I've, I've answered this question a few times, but I think it's worth repeating because a few of you are probably new to the podcast as well. So I'm a contrarian by nature. Um, I do, I, I kind of have this way of thinking that if everyone thinks a certain way, I tend to think the other way or I'm trying to at least question uh, this way of thinking. So. 
I've, I always kind of loved um, the psychology of understanding people. Uh, it's, I've always found it super interesting. Um, and I, I really can't deal with dishonesty. That's also a part of my personality. I just like to be super honest and blunt and 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 transparent. And I really don't like people who are trying to be sleazy and trying to sneak in. Like just, I just don't like that at all. It never was me. And I all all my friends and my family we we are the same. Um, so it took me years to refine this idea of of everyone hates marketers. Um, as I said, uh, after after a job in marketing, I started. Uh, my consulting business. And at the time I organized, after a few months, I organized two events for bootstrappers. So for entrepreneurs who are not using outside money to build their business. And I had invited one guest at a time. So there were, it was in the chamber of commerce in, in Dublin and uh, I was interviewing them for like around an hour. We were recording the, uh, the, uh, the video and there were around maybe 50 people at each event. And what was interesting is that a lot of people told me that they enjoyed my style of interviewing, that they really enjoyed the question I was asking and that, and I discovered at this time that basically I was a good interviewer and that people enjoyed it. So that's when I started to interview marketers after that over Skype, just to see what I could do. And this is how the podcast was born. But the idea behind it, the idea of um, everyone hates marketers took me years um, I always was kind of pissed off by this the mentality of of marketers trying to to sell bad products and trying to lie to you just for the sake of of making more money. And because of my contrarian nature and also the the dishonesty that I really hated, it, it just got refined and refined. And I I realized that a lot of people felt the same way. And after a while, it, it just everything connected together. But it took me maybe eight years. To, to go to this point. Another question, I don't have the name though. Uh, how did I manage to get such high profiles people on my podcast? So th the short answer is that I've just asked them. That's really the truth. It's really about polite persistence. So I really don't get disheartened if I send an email to someone who's, uh, who's not replying. Uh, I would get a, I would send this person a reminder two weeks after I would tweet at them. I would send a connection request on LinkedIn. Uh, I would also keep the email super short. So I like to keep them under one sentence. So one or two sentences. Um, but I think the key of the reason why I was able to get high profile people is purely because of the angle of the podcast. I don't think I would have been able to get Seth Godin on the show if if my podcast was just about marketing, like any other digital marketing podcast out there, I, I think you attract uh, the people who are in alignment with your values and your vision. And the stronger your vision is, the stronger your, your principles are, I think the easier it, it is to get people who believe in the same thing. So that's probably one of my advice as well is, is pick a battle pick an enemy and go for it because you can't please everyone far from it. It's much easier to please a small portion of people rather than trying to please everyone. You cannot please everyone. So that's how I did it. Uh, and finally, uh, last question for today. Um, how did you get credibility as a French person working internationally as a marketer? So I've been living in, in Ireland for the last eight or nine years at this stage, right? And 
I'm French, as you know, originally. And I, when I came into Ireland, it wasn't, uh, I, I wasn't working as a marketer. I was just uh, working in, in business. I was doing some like admin work mostly. And I managed to get into marketing a few years after uh, I had a full-time job in a, in a mobile marketing startup. And then I created my consulting business. Then I burnt out. Uh, and then I was, uh, I got, I started with Hotjar and I'm still employed there. So I think the key here is, is that I never really, I, I kind of forgot I was French after a while. So that sounds weird, but I never, I think I made peace with the fact that I was working in Ireland, that I was working in an English environment and that this is probably, I would probably live there for the rest of my life, or at least in an English speaking country. And even though I'm very proud to be French, I think it's important to to connect with people uh, where you live and, and and not try to to overly advertise the fact that you are like from France or wherever. So I quickly realized I had to get much better at English. I quickly realized I had to to just do a good job and focus on that. So I forgot after a while that I was French, and I think. This is what I'm doing with the podcast. If I had that in my head, oh, you're French, you're, you have a French accent and, and all of the jazz, it's it just, it, it, I would have never started. So I don't think being French or being Spanish or being whatever it matters uh, to get credibility internationally. I think it's what matters is just to, to connect with people, to be genuinely nice and honest and to, to adapt to where you are. So those are the questions I chose uh, for you for today. I hope you get some information that uh, that you wanted to know about me and the podcast. Uh, feel free to to keep sending those via email. Uh, you can you can sign up to the newsletter on everyonehatesmarketers.com. If you send me an email, I will reply. I can guarantee that. Uh, so don't be afraid to ask me more questions. And next week, I will answer questions that are marketing related this time. Uh, there are a few interesting ones. So I'll see you next week. And thanks for listening. That's it for another episode of everyonehatesmarketers.com. And this is the moment where I tell you to subscribe to our email list. So before you leave and go to another podcast or listen to another episode, I don't treat email lists uh, the way people usually treat their email list. I really treat that as a, as a one-to-one conversation. So I'm going to send you very short and personal emails every two weeks, I would say. We, I'll inform you of guests in advance. I'll share with you my numbers and how many listens we get and I'll also ask you for your feedback in terms of the questions we can ask future guests and perhaps I can also uh, have you on the show uh, someday so don't be afraid to subscribe I'm not going to spam you and you can always unsubscribe for sure if you wish the second thing we need from you is your harsh and honest feedback we know that this show is not perfect yet and we always uh, can improve so you can send us your email at feedback at everyonehatesmarketers.com good or bad please feel free to send me an email and the last thing I like uh, from you is that if you did like the episode please share it to your friends your colleagues or whoever might like it and also please review it on iTunes or another service that you might use to listen to your podcast because if you leave us a five star review it means that more people would be likely to listen and we can spread the word quicker So thank you so much once again and au revoir.
And that's it for another episode of EveryoneHatesMarketers.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'm super, super grateful. I'd love for you to consider subscribing to my daily newsletter, Monday to Friday, called Stand the Fuck Out Daily. I send very short, hopefully interesting, surprising, shocking, entertaining content to help you stand the fuck out. It's at EveryoneHatesMarketers.com. You can subscribe for free and obviously unsubscribe whenever you want. I'm just going to read a couple of emails that I got recently as a reply. Juma said, your content attacks the mind primarily, which is such a good thing because most of us are skilled at what we do, but we don't have the courage to do it our way. Mark, who just subscribed a couple uh, days before, said, this is my first issue of your newsletter. Love it. Glad I subscribed. Brianna said, I just realized this morning that my email habit is now to one, skim through the list, two, select all unread industry email except yours, three, delete and don't think twice, four, quickly skim yours. Amy said, also loving the new content that's coming from you. It feels really lovely. Candle said, I like your writing a lot. It really resonates. There's so much bullshit out there. It's good to touch the authentic. And Chloe said, where is the I fucking love this email button? Brilliant. I hope you subscribe. You'll be joining more than 14,000 subscribers at this stage, which is crazy. It's the size of a small stadium. Anyway, thank you so much. See you on the other side.